Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mold Matters, the podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jeremy Evans, with Mike Adams. Good to be with you. Good to be with everybody. Yeah. we. Uh, it's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. We say that every week because we kind of yeah. get caught up in life and then we, uh, and then we, well, I had to get a new, don't. I had to get a new body part, Jer. Oh, oh that's yeah. true. We have an excuse. Yeah. I have a new, uh, I have a new right knee. Yeah. Do you have to go through metal detectors? Do you have to tell them now? I don't know. I'll find out Tuesday, I guess. <laughs> that's true. You're flying yeah. out. Well, yeah. So you're feeling better? Feeling I'm, okay? I'm great. Yeah. Okay. It was, Good. it, it needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough to do a podcast? Absolutely. Okay. Ready to go. Well, let's get rolling. Today we're going to um, talk about a uh, an aspect of mold testing that, that we get asked about and people ask about a lot in general. Um, it's the ERMI and the HertzMe tests. Uh, we, we mentioned it briefly when we did a podcast on mold testing back, I don't know, about a year ago. Um, and we kind of just br- briefly talked about them, but... We thought we'd do a deeper dive into the, the Ermi and the Hertz Me today and maybe talk about the pros and cons. We, we we very distinctly talked about pros and cons of all testing methods back in the yeah. day. And truly, there are always pros and cons of any testing method, right? Right, of everything. Yeah. It's um I give the same little talk every time I talk to somebody about testing is it's a it's a tool. I mean that's all it is, is a tool. Use it with a with a great big you know, bottle of common sense yeah and look at it yeah near me and hurts me there are no exception right i mean there's there's pros and cons and so i think always understanding the pros and cons is helpful because when you go into an inspection or an assessment you want to know if i'm doing this test what what am i gonna have to deal with as far as cons go yeah Um, and you know i see it all the time where um i'll get a call and the mold professional will say what do i do their doctor wants an ERMI test yeah and uh they you know they don't they know how to do the test but they don't understand how to interpret it they don't even understand what the ERMI test is for sure so yeah it's, it's important to understand all all the aspects of the ERMI what it can tell you what it won't tell you and uh, like I say just use it as a tool but it's not a definitive guide of what's going on in the home yeah with that intro what is the ERMI yeah. test Mike Tell us. Oh, ERMI. Answer the question. Yeah. ERMI stands for Environmental Relative Moldiness Index, E-R-M-I. Yeah. So right around 2004, 2005, I believe, um, EPA, along with HUD, or the Housing and Urban Development, uh, they kind of set out to to, uh, do some testing. They wanted to determine what is an average home relative to mold, hence the name Environmental Relative Moldiness Index. And they made right. it the word moldiness, we're pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so they um, went to a number of houses, over a thousand homes, and I think it's like Kansas, San Diego, and Boston, and um, took dust samples. And with these dust samples, um, they took the dust back to the lab, ran what they call a polymerase chain reaction or a, or a uh, PCR test. Is that what they're doing with uh, COVID? Similar yeah, deal? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
and with that they can determine the DNA of the mold and um, know the exact uh, genus, the genus of the mold. Yeah. So it, you know, it's funny because they were trying to establish, okay, what is a moldy home versus what is an average home? They kind of ended up dividing it into four different quadrants. And then um, you remember during this time, about 2004, 2005, that's about when Richie Shoemaker published his first book. Um, we all know Richie Shoemaker is kind of the pioneer of doctors studying mold. Mm-hmm. So it became kind of a hot topic. Yeah. And then um, Shoemaker came along and was instrumental in developing the Hurts Me test. Right. So the ERMI, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Which kind of, he kind of stole the ERMI model and yeah. adapted it essentially. Steal, stealing's a rough word. Yeah. Yeah. Borrowed. <laughs> Borrowed. <laughs> Borrowed, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the ERMI test for, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, 20, 25 moles? Uh, 20, well, 26. 26, okay. Yeah. And the Hertz Me, it's much more affordable, only tests for five moles. Yeah, Ermi 26, I should say 26 um, of what are considered water damage. Water damage, molds, dangerous type molds. And then 10 additional, Right. For, for a total of 36, 10 additional that are considered, I don't know, what are they, common? Common indoor molds? Is common that? indoor molds that they consider fairly safe. Yeah. Yeah. So what they do is, well, let me let me explain how they run an army test first. Is, uh, it used to be where they would sell you a little, it's a little cassette that hooks onto a vacuum, and they wanted you to vacuum, I think, three feet, three feet by six foot area, one in the living room and one in the master bedroom, off yeah. the carpet. Yeah. That gave them enough dust to be able to run these PCR tests. Um, later on in the later 2000s, 2007, 8, more and more people started getting rid of carpet and going to hardwood floor. So they brought in Swiffer wipes and started collecting the dust on Swiffer wipes. And that's kind of, that, that alone is a little bit controversial because I've talked to guys who um, are pretty up to speed on all this stuff. And, and they're like, wait a minute, we don't even know where that Swiffer wipe has been in the store. It could have been picked up mold in the store. It's made out of cotton. It could have mold DNA from the cotton field. Yeah. just don't know. Yeah, for sure. So it's a little bit controversial, the whole Swiffer wipe thing. But by and large, it, it gives you a, a general idea um, if the home is safe or not safe. Yeah. So uh, so you collect some dust samples. Collect some dust samples. Yeah. And then, so they they measure some, you know, some toxic, harmful molds and some some common molds, maybe get into the scoring a little bit because I, I, I think that's controversial too. The way they score yeah, it, it doesn't, I, I think there's some issues there. If you want to address those. Yeah. The, the first analogy I thought of is kind of like a cholesterol test where you've got, you've got good cholesterol and you've got bad cholesterol. Like for my personal case, I have good cholesterol. So my doctor doesn't even worry about how much bad cholesterol I have. He says it outweighs it. You're fine. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. So what the ERMI, the way they scored is if you, say you collect, this is just a number off the top of my head, 27,000 spores of bad mold, and you collect, say, 30,000 of good mold. Now, these are just made up numbers, but just to give you an idea, that house may score fine, right? 
because the good mold offsets the bad mold. Now, if you have house B that only has 172 bad molds and you know 300 good molds, that house is they're going to say that house is fine. But if you compare the two, you you would say no. Wait a minute, that first house that had all that bad mold, thousands and thousands and thousands. How can that be as safe as that second house? Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me at all. So. Yeah, and I think the idea was, you know, they uh, they they group them into group one molds. Those right. are the, the harmful ones. Group two molds are the the common indoor molds, and they figure uh, the common indoor molds. You don't see those as much, you know, when there's a a water damage issue, but you see these other ones elevate. So there should be kind of an, an incongruence. There should be a um, a larger amount of those harmful molds and less of the common molds. But I would say, I, I'm thinking of even a, a fairly recent job where there was mold all over the place and I did a, I think I just did a tape lift, like a surface sample. And and I kind of looked at it and I think it was kind of black and some green. And I, in my mind, I thought that's probably, it could be stacky, it could be like some penicillium or aspergillus, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure. Maybe ketomium, who knows. I get it back, cladosporium. Wow. It was cladosporium. Yeah. I've had a few, not not a lot, but I've had a few where I, I get the test results back expecting these really nasty molds and it's just an elevated, yeah, cladosporium or right. one of these kind of known as indoor, common indoor molds. Very safe ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you do run the risk of, you know, missing some some mold scenarios if you just go off of their scoring system. Yeah. Now I have read some some reports where they've compared testing carpets versus testing Swiffer duster. Mm -hmm. And it seems like if you're in that, that dangerous quadrant, yeah. they're fairly consistent, whether you use the carpet test or the Swiffer duster test. Yeah. That seems fairly consistent Yeah, to be a really, really dangerous home. But if you're a home that's on the bubble, you can have wild variations of the results. Yeah. With those. So, so the, uh, it's basically a is it a percentile ranking? Is am I thinking correctly? Uh, of all the homes they've tested, if you're in the a level four, which are the really bad homes, is right. kind of the the seventy fifth percentile. Yeah, the twenty five percent worst twenty five percent worst yeah. homes out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and then the the middle quadrants, like you're saying, is the middle fifty percent chunk, and and that can be, I mean that's that's what you're saying. That's where the danger zone especially is, I think, and then. You know, you think of, you know, I've I've heard from others where uh, I even read some studies how, you know, we commonly do visual inspections and, uh, you know, smelling, you know, smell and visual. And I've seen some incongruence there where a, a, an inspector determines a mold issue and the ERMI didn't. And then ERMI determined a mold issue and the inspector didn't. And so you, you, I, I think... I think it'd be nice if we could pull out the inspector out of the equation, but everything, every time I ever get into this, it all comes down to, you have to have a, a good inspector yeah. to interpret the results. Well, even the, even the EPA, they made two different statements on the ERMI. One is, this was for research purposes only, mm -hmm. and so do not use the ERMI as a definitive test to determine the healthiness of your home relative yeah. to mold. And the other thing that the uh, EPA said about it was, um, now I lost my train of thought. I do this every time. <laughs> the, uh, 
Well, yeah, I, it'll come back to me. Just give me a sec. This is, I'm just uh, buttressing your point here. Yeah. I, I, we, we read it right before this website is kind of a, you know, preparation. But on if you go to the EPA's website, the question says, should I use the ERMI for mold investigations? And big, big, big no. no. Big N-O. Oh, the other thing is, that it, the other thing that came back to me now, is you need to understand that when you do an ERMI test to evaluate the healthiness of a home, you may be getting DNA from 75 years ago. Yeah. That's a 100-year home. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it gives you, I guess, the, the, the best way to look at, a, at an ERMI test is it gives you a really good history of the overall mold load of your home, but it doesn't give you great real-time information. Yeah, I can agree with that. And, and there's a lot of factors that can affect that too. Uh, like we talked, if you have brand new carpet in the home and you're taking a carpet yeah. sample, yeah. Um, you know, there's kind of there's kind of a debate out there whether cleaning the home really well will affect the ERMI because you're cleaning up all the dust. Um, well, I, I actually read another article right before this podcast where a guy was saying, look, sometimes the harder we try to pass an ERMI test by cleaning the home, yeah. the worse my ERMI score gets because you are cleaning up the the good mold or what they call the you know, okay mold. Yeah. You clean that all up, then your ERMI score could be worse, but it's actually a cleaner home. Yeah, yeah, you're affecting the score. Yeah, and then and then another topic I think we should we should bring up is um, using ERMI as a post remediation tool. Whether you're in the <clears throat> doing the traditional model or whether you're doing some some other methods, uh, I don't think. I mean, even the best, you know, most thorough remediators out there kind of look at it as not the best post remediation tool. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, in fact, I've read a lot of articles where where traditional remediators have written articles and kind of kind of slammed it. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem is the Ermi suggests that you take a test in the in the living room and the master bedroom. Well, what if? The traditional mold remediator did all his containment and his work in the basement. Right? Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to touch the rest of the house. So how could an army test give him any idea of how he did in that basement? Yeah. Now, from our standpoint, we believe that the entire house needs to be cleaned, not just right. where the mold they see the mold or where the moisture was. So, um, it, yeah, I don't I don't know how it falls into place for traditional at all unless it's a company that just goes through and wipes down everything in the entire house or you know we treat the entire we don't wipe down the entire house but we treat the entire house one thing you have to be aware of is that if you completely denature the mold but don't wipe it up the dna will still be there yeah so you can have a completely safe house denatured what we call nothingness or inert nothingness but the dna is going to be there yeah. So it's going to be hard to to uh, show a good army test after like our type of treatment. Yeah. I've, I've had many talks with doctors, and I always explain it to them. Look, the DNA is going to remain after we're done, and I've never had an issue with a doctor saying I don't I don't buy that at all. They always understand it. Yeah. And the real test is does the person start feeling better anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I've also heard the argument of, okay, I'm going to vacuum vacuum up big swaths of carpet. And then when I, on the post test, I don't have much carpet to, yeah. to vacuum anymore. <laughs> um, I do know some guys will do maybe a, 
less just square a, footage. Just a little bit of carpet right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll do less square footage, but more rooms or different different ways to go about and, it. And uh, you told me how, how the test reads when they do that. It comes back just non-cohesive. So. Yeah, if they don't get enough dust. Yeah. And actually, some labs, uh, they'll still run their equation, their algorithm, with, even if you don't get the threshold of minimum dust. And then it really throws off their equation. And then it looks like there's a huge problem or there's not a problem at all. Yeah. But it, th there is a minimum threshold of dust for the actual algorithm to, to operate. Yeah. And if you don't collect enough, they'll just send you a report and say, you know, inconclusive results, not enough right. dust collected. And anyways, I just heard that some, some remediators like that because then they say, all right, your house is good on a post-remediation because yeah. <laughs> there's not enough dust. We, well, uh, we got we'll it. See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, our even so, our uh, we have Dr. Jeff Wright on our staff. Yeah. And he talks about the ERMI all the time. And he said, you know, it's it's the top, you know, bunch of molds that they test for. But what if my patient is reacting to the one that's not on the list? Yeah. Um, so he. He's the same way. He, you know, it's a tool, but he's not going to make it a definitive decision on the health of that patient based on an ERMI test. Yeah. And unless you want to say anything else about ERMI, let's let's broach uh, a Hertz me test real quick. Yeah. And I've, you know, in all these these years, I've I've always known, you know, ERMI, Environmental Relative Moldiness Index. That's easy to remember. Um, I never really knew what hurts me stood stood for. Did have you ever heard? I, Jerry, I gotta be honest. I still don't know what it stands for. Well, I had to look it up because okay. I'm like, what is it? I I gotta tell. Yeah. On the podcast. So, well, I did know this. I think they they created the acronym so that it, you know, what kind of molds hurt me, hurts me. That's where they got. They tried to get it to match that. I like that. So I did. I did know that part. But here's what it really stands for: health effects roster type specific of mycotoxins <laughs> and inflammagens. It sounds like they were really trying to yeah. fit that. <laughs> Anyways. So basically, as Mike mentioned, the 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 Hertz me was developed with a little bit different of a baseline. He you know, he's kind of the the forefather of SIRS, you know, yeah. a chronic inflammatory yeah. response syndrome. So he took about eight hundred of his patients um, that were sick and used their homes as kind of a baseline panel and, and determined, you know, like you said, five molds. And actually, how they determined those, they took Stachy, Stachybotrys and Ketomium, which are like... The two big ones. Yeah, the big guys. Yeah. And then uh, the other three, as I understand it, are also associated with, with illness and toxicity, but they, each of them require a different amount, different amount of water uh, to thrive. So... There's three categories of molds. Some require a less amount. Some require a medium amount. Some require a lot of moisture to really thrive. So he picked kind of some signature molds from each one from each of those categories um, that he was probably seeing with his SERS patients as well. And came up with the five. So the Hertz Me Two test is is basically five, and those five happen to come from the ERMI. There, there there's overlap there. All five of them are on the ERMI. So they don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't run those against a, what they would call a good mold, right? And it hurts me. No. Just a raw score. Yeah. So in that sense, I like it better. Yeah. Um, you know, it is a little cheaper. That's why people go to the hurts me. Uh -huh. uh, but you can run into a risk of, you know, the home, 
you know, the home is uh, hurts me score shows. It's kind of like you were saying with Jeff, right? The hurts me score shows that the house looks good, but then you take an Ermi and the house looks bad and right. you do your visual and the house looks bad. So because it's only testing five molds, you run quite a risk of missing some mold. Why can't there be a test called help speed? All right, that's we we <laughs> thought of that first out there, everybody. We thought of that first. <laughs> helps me. It's in a test that would help me, you, not yeah, hurt you. Not hurts me. Yeah. Helps me. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so hurts me. You know, someone's gonna trademark that. <laughs> yeah, hurts helps. We me. need to come up with six <laughs> words to match that now. So, um, so yeah, hurts me is good. The, the nice thing is, I, th I there's only like a hundred, two hundred dollar difference between the tests. Yeah. So if you're really wanting to do this style of DNA, you know. PCR test. I think it's worth probably doing the, the larger panel, uh, you know, where you get the 36 molds and then maybe not being so strict on using their scoring system. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I absolutely. Maybe look at the raw data. Like, yeah, if the raw data says a bunch of stacky. Yeah. If I got, if I got 50 spores of stacky in a small dust sample, I yeah. probably have an issue. Yeah. Regardless of whether the, the kind of the scoring says that it's fine or not. I, and then the other thing you can uh, Richie Shoemaker's website. If you want to take the, the raw data from the Ermi on those five molds that are on the Hertz Me, you can take it from the you can take that data from the Ermi, plug it into. There's a, a free like calculator on his website. I'm pretty sure. If not, you can Google it. You just plug in the values, uh, and it'll give you a if you want an actual number, a Hertz Me number to tell you, you know, according to Shoemaker's system, it, it, you know. This house am I at risk of moving in or living in this house? So it's kind of a you can get both tests in one if you just buy the Ermi and plug the values into a calculator to calculate the And you know, just to uh, just to complicate the whole thing just a little bit more for for everyone, uh, just in the last few years, um, Dr. Shoemaker's kind of transitioned more into bacteria yeah. than mold or the hurts me anyway. So yep. just uh, all that wrench in the yeah in the, uh, yeah. machinery and just just to make it more complicated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i think that's a good overview um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i mean this is kind of an introduction but but a little more depth than we went last time on some of these tests um is there anything else you can think of mike that we should mention about these two tests well i don't i don't think so i th i think one thing you can glean from any of the the studies or the research is that a good 50% of the homes out there have medium to high levels of mold. Yeah. 75% have what they would call, well, moderate to high levels of mold. Yeah. You and I know just from doing inspections on enough homes, pretty much every home has some mold. Yeah. You just can't, you can't get away from it. Yeah, exactly. So. I think in conclusion, what we kind of mentioned earlier, I think it can be a good tool, um, you know, but but I think there's some big ifs, like we talked about some of them, um, because it is historical in nature. Someone just fixed and flipped that home; everything's new in there. You know, I mean, there's there's some variables there, and then and then you really have to be careful with interpreting the way they score it. I think. Um, and then you can't, you just can't replace good old, you know, having a good old inspector. Yeah. 
Yeah. Someone you trust. I can, I can smell mold. I know where to look to see if they have an elevated mold load. Yep. That, that to me is worth more than any test you can throw out there. Yeah. And someone who kind of understands the health aspects of mold. I mean, sometimes uh, when someone fits the, the exact description of someone with SIRS or with, with, with mold illness, I mean, you can, I start to look at the home a little differently and look in different ways and, and interpret the tests with, with that in mind. And so, yeah, I think you just, you just, you just always have to, to, yeah, make sure you, you do good inspections with any tool. Yeah, if anybody comes up with the uh, the silver bullet for testing a home, yeah, they're they're going to do well. I know you have some ideas. We're not going to share them. Yeah, we've got some ideas. Well, one of the biggest ideas is help me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> help me test. Yeah, I mean we we've talked about you know creating different mold kind tests, kind of a hybrid test, many yeah. times. Yeah, and we always do come to this conclusion that man, it is really hard to develop a test. It really is. That's going to be a silver yeah. bullet, like you said. I mean, yeah. every thought we've even come up with, we're like, ah, oh, there's. Yeah, there, there's 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 the yeah. there's the cons to that. There's the cons to that, and so I don't know if we'll ever come up with a perfect system. Yeah, but yeah, I'd ra I'd rather concentrate on coming up with the perfect treatment. Yeah, yeah. it helps me treatment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, that's it for today. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in-depth information on mold illness and recovery.